so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello and welcome back to the Marseille View. Uh, my name is Stefan and I'm pleased to say that we're back after a bit of an absence. We've had a few weeks holiday from the show as the season ended, but um, the transfer window is up and running. So I think it's time for our summer series. So we're going to do our Mercato series um, following all the action over the summer. So tonight joining me um, for our first episode is Lewis. How are you, Lewis? I'm all good. Yeah, finally some some signings coming in. We were we were being held back by the by the DNCG and 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 you know the football gods and um and now we're now we're off. We're off and going. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of us were were starting to get a bit worried that it wasn't going to happen. Um, there's been a lot of talk, um, which we'll deep dive on throughout the episode, but not a lot of action until well really the last couple of days. But yeah, it seems like the windows finally kicked on for us. Um, and I think we know, based on all the rumours and what we were like last summer, it's probably going to be a busy summer. So I think we're going to have lots to, to talk about today. Fingers crossed, yeah. Yeah, Fingers yeah, crossed. and hopefully in a good way, because it didn't start well. Um, no. you know, think about the last episode, we were talking about a couple of players departing. Um, so yeah, I think it's just the two of us tonight. So um, transfers aren't everyone's bag, it turns out. Uh, but yeah, I think... Mm-hmm. Um, for 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 those who who love a good transfer rumor, hopefully this will be the episode for you. Um, so we I think we've got quite a lot to talk about tonight. Um, there's been a bit of activity, um, but we'll before we start looking at the kind of comings in and going outs, uh, OM. Uh, there was one story that kind of I suppose set everything up, uh, uh, like the summer narrative, the transfer narrative. And, and how things might be playing out behind the scenes. And that was the sort of dreaded return, never-ending rumour about a uh, potential sale of the club, Van Toem. Uh, hashtag Van Toem. It seems to be like a trend in, um, on my Twitter, like probably every four or five months, it seems. But anyway, it's come back again. Um, so just after the season ended, uh, we saw a French... Uh, journalist, investigative journalist uh, Roman Molina uh, he um, put out a video on YouTube I did do a video myself on the YouTube channel um, that we've got about this particular story about a month ago when it happened so do check that out um, but yeah, um, he put a story saying that he was aware that the McCourt um, was in talks to potentially sell the club and there was a couple of interested parties I think he mentioned from Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, I believe, um, and that there was a possibility that a sale or, or some sort of act- action could take place within, but I believe he said it had to be within the month of June. Um, 
so that's kind of interesting. Um, this is a journalist, I suppose, that's covered. He's covered Van Toem a couple of years ago, but I don't think in the same sort of like with the same enthusiasm as uh, a certain other journalist um, who talks about it a lot. Um, I can't. I guess we're kind of at the end of June and we've not really seen anything happening. But it's, um, I don't know what your thoughts are. I guess it has kind of been in the maybe the back of our minds a bit as some of the things that have been happening over the last month. Um, have sort of come into the news, the not knowing what's happening about money and stuff. What are your thoughts, Lewis, on the latest rumours? Yeah, I I have a I have an interesting I I have a I don't know I have a I have a tough time with with Roman Molina because he is a kind of unique uh, breed of of journalist where he's clearly set out for a lot of the things he reports on are corruption and you know sexual abuse cases and all of that stuff and he usually although he does more and more because it gets more clicks um he usually doesn't you know he stays away from 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 you know transfer stuff for example or um anything like that and so i've always i've i've never know what to think of him i think he has there's so many kind of red flags if you know what i mean when it comes to all my money now where he talks and tweets like a one of those uh, guys that you see on Twitter once in a while with with a with with no photo and and kind of no traceability who will start you know rumors about oh the, this club is this country is trying to buy this club and you know so he has a lot of those red flags and yet it seems like a lot of the time he is right or at least you know vaguely right now his video on the on the talks um, was was classic Molina where it was vague enough that kind of any it, it, it wasn't he really he really didn't um he didn't he didn't confirm anything concrete he didn't claim that anything real was happening in the sense that if if nothing does happen which is still you know my in my opinion is what's going to happen he can't say that he was wrong because he could just say oh, the talks broke down and McCord actually didn't want to sell and then that's it so I try to not pay too much attention to that stuff. I used to get really excited because the state of the club was was, you know, poor to say to say the least. Um, we weren't getting the investment that we wanted or the investment that we felt we deserved. Um, I I kind of I remember the the Ajrudi, uh saga with 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 um uh, what was his name the um the the potential president uh, the rugby guy uh, uh, Bujelal I think Bujilal, was his name. Yeah. You know, and I remember getting really excited about that because it wasn't just some journalist or some guy reporting on it. It was, you know, there were these these guys were talking about it, which was a first uh, to say that. I mean, it was a it was a first in the in the OM Vontoem kind of uh, saga. Uh, that taught me a good lesson, which was that even when those kind of guys, even when the money, the the supposed money, is talking, it's still kind of up in the air. And we know that sales of clubs are complicated are really really complicated and i think to, to kind of wrap up on that subject i think when the when the sale really does happen it'll be quick it'll be there'll obviously be rumors coming out but i think it's going to be one of those things that we're not going to see coming and i think as soon as i start hearing people talk about oh june july this will happen that'll happen i just too too much money is at stake um for, for there to be kind of these kind of uh a concrete um real uh, uh uh information like coming out of it so i don't know i i, I like roman Molina. i like what he stands for 
I like that he's all about the, you know, calling out corruption and, and abuse when it's happening. For this stuff, I'm not too sure. Yeah, and I think it's, it, it says a lot, doesn't it, that these uh, stories always seem to be um, peddled by independent journalists rather than anyone who's attached to an outlet, a network, or, or some sort of broadcasting company. So, it's, yeah, it kind of makes you question a little bit about the veracity of the claims and um, because none no like major um organization is picking it up really or um or pushing it i mean there could be other reasons for that as well like they maybe like they don't want to um i don't know face any sort of legal action or anything or i don't know but yeah i, I i'm kind of with you i don't i don't really i take it with a pinch of salt i think um i think i would want if it starts gathering traction amongst the mainstream media then yeah, you, you start thinking, well, must, maybe there is something going here. But I think you're probably right that you're we're probably most likely going to hear about a sale one day when suddenly a club statement just gets thrown out saying, oh, by the way, we're in talks to about you know a potential with yeah. a potential buyer or something, and then then you know we'll probably have a number of weeks of how that that going through the press. So as it sort of progresses. Um, I suspect that's probably what will happen, and it's inevitable that eventually the club will get sold because no owner's going to be here forever, is he? So, um, and in, in in many ways, this would be the the perfect time to sell. If if I'm a court, is is you just qualified for Champions League, you've got some intrinsic value kind of added to the club that that you know since you bought it. Um, you could make some money from it. I'm not too sure. In a post-COVID market, you know, maybe the, the valuations of clubs have gone back up, and and Marseille is is striving more and more. I, I don't know. It would be the right time to. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And it just really depends on like, well, what the intentions are of the owner and like how good of a businessman he is. He's probably not a very good businessman if you're buying no. a club like Marseille. To be Definitely honest, not. Anyways. Definitely <laughs> not. I mean, he's known by the Dodgers fan base as the worst owner in Dodgers history, and unfortunately, Chelsea have inherited the best do- owners and owner in Dodgers history in uh, in Todd Burley. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, no, McCourt is not a. Uh, a, a really able um, businessman when it comes to sports business, I think. Interesting. Okay, um, so we'll move move on from that. And um, and yeah, as I said, that this has sort of been playing in the background of, um, I guess, the um, more um, real news, which was um, the as OM sort of as as every year at the end of the season is just getting past the the dncj which is the i guess the independent body that sort of regulates the financial health of football clubs in in france i don't know if that's a, a good way of describing mm-hmm. it correct no, me that's a good way wrong. That's good. except for psg they overlook anything, <laughs> anything that psg do and i'm saying this purely not because i'm a bitter marseille fan but it seems that they look at us like we are the devil incarnate just because we're trying to get creative with our signings and we tried to Pablo is all about the, you know, payment in six different times with 14 options and clauses and we'll pay 600,000 now and then four million in 2028. And I get it, it's weird and I get it and I get that the DNCG is looking at it, but it just feels bizarre that PSG can go about their business without any real scrutiny from the DNCG. But anyway, that's just. Yeah, of course. And I think that if we weren't 
uh, an OM podcast with uh, Marcy fans listening to us, we could easily do uh, an episode on that. But I think it's probably a good idea that we don't. <laughs> no, 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 it's not but, worth um, it. Yeah, but yeah, so I. That was funny, like um, going off topic here, but I, you know, I've been putting some videos on YouTube and then like the whole like Zidane to PSG thing, and I was like, I was really tempted to put a video out on a on a the perspective of OM fans just talking about that, and then I thought, nah, nah, <laughs> not worth it. Yeah. yeah, so I really um, thought it was going to happen. By the way, yeah. I, we won't, we, we don't have to speak about it, but I really, really thought it was going to happen, <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. But I, it just, it felt too real. But yeah, anyway, they're getting Gelche, so you know. Yeah, yeah, we don't have to talk about them. Don't have to talk about and the massive view. That's no, the, no, no, I think that's the definitely role. not. Um, okay, so the DNCG, um, yeah, it was a bit of a funny summer um, with, with this one because it seemed that we met with them earlier than we normally do. Um, and it's just taken quite a lot. We've had multiple meetings with them, and it seems to have taken quite a long time to get the go ahead. So there was a lot of speculation about what was really going on. You know, the 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 Van Toem believers oh, um, were convinced that it was because there was a sale looming. Um, other the skeptics are saying, no, we're fucking broke. <laughs> it's probably because McCourt's got no money. Um, there was uh, reports that McCourt was but unwilling to put his hand in his pocket and pay whatever you know deficit or what was required to get for them to be satisfied um that we can that you know that uh, that our, our accounts should are healthy and we can we can move forward um what i mean what i understand happened in the end was we had couple, multiple meetings with them and then eventually um we got the go-ahead to recruit, but without any um, imposition that we had to sell first. And um, anyone who's been following OM for a number of years um, will know that not that a few years back used to always be the case that every summer June would come and we'd have to sell a bunch of players by the end of June so that we could recruit. You know, there was a few of that. I remember over the years, particularly um, pre-McCourt, um, so it was kind of good to get that um, that green light this summer to to start a transfer window and and start bringing in players um, and without any sort of additional pressure, especially seen as how bad the reports of our finances were two years ago. Um, if you remember, there was I don't know, it was like ninety million or something. Yeah. We were, yeah. We were, I think last season was so. seventy eight million, and now I think we've halved that deficit so that's kind of nice in a way i don't i think we'll get a, a bit of money from the from the uh, champions league stuff so who knows i mean mccourt is still losing money so i kind of i understand now that you know he's forked out what 300 million or something um in the last six years and the results have been what they've been um but yeah certainly them clearing us with no restrictions is super interesting because we're going to see kind of for the first time what Longoria's ability to sell a player um, is going to be. Because when you're forced to sell, everybody knows you're forced to sell. And it, it brings down the value of all your players. Even if he's Maradona, you're still going to sell him for less. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I, we'll talk about the player specifically later. But the, the we'll see if we're, we're going to be able to actually sell for the right price. Um, for once i don't know who and what we can talk about it but it'll be interesting to see yeah i i, I don't i mean i've not maybe not read enough about it but i don't really understand why our accounts are actually better given that we haven't 
sold in the last couple of years, despite being told that we would have to, or at least it's been reported that we would have to. Um, so is it purely because of the Champions League qualification? What else is, do you know, what else has um, no, so improved? I, yeah, nothing specific. I think I think in terms of salaries, we've been more savvy. Uh, I think we've delayed. This is the Longoria special, and this is why I, I take that information with a pinch of salt. Um, Longoria is the king of the delayed payment, right? So this year's accounts might look good, but then next year we get hit with, I think before even starting the Mercato, we were already paying something like 40 million in the transfers, various transfers of obligations to buy Gunduzi and all that stuff. So in a way we can't, we can't forget those because we pin all of those transfers to last Mercato when actually we're paying a lot of it now. I think Jerson was one of the only ones we paid kind of up front. Um, and now we're actually, we're paying for Paolo Lopez, we're paying for Ken Duzzi, we're paying for Chang Sunder. Like that's, that's a lot of money already. Um, so I think maybe that, that, that might contribute. I'm not too, I'm not an accounting expert, so I'm not sure how that plays into it, but I know that that is a kind of common tactic in the same way that, um, one of the reasons we were being investigated by UEFA was that, um, exchange between Marliaki and, um, Frank, was, was his name Tongia? Um, that we valued at 8 million. And it was an agreement between Juventus and the OM that both of these players are worth 8 million. Both of those players are probably worth 500,000 euros tops. Um, and it was clearly one of those shady dealings. But what I read about it is that it's a way to, you can kind of uh, uh, assign that um, part of the deal, the, the, the incoming, um, what, what you're making uh, onto the current year. Whereas the money that you're spending, you can put it, on the next year, if that makes any sense. So we basically, quote unquote, made eight million from Marliaki, but then spent eight million the next season on Franco Tonga, if it makes sense. I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's all kind of complicated, but I'm, I think it was stuff like that. Um, delayed payments, Champions League, uh, uh, season ticket. I mean, uh, yeah, velodrome tickets in full swing with no restrictions from COVID the, the previous years, stuff like that, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, okay, so uh, I think one of the things that um, we were reading about a lot in the last few weeks was that we've seen multiple players being linked to us, and we will talk about those players um, in more detail um, in a little bit, but just that deals were potentially, um, you know, on getting made but couldn't go through because of the, the sort of the lack of... Um, uh, approval um from the dncg um, and now that's kind of gone through we are starting to see activity already and um, before we start talking about the actual players that are coming in um i just thought it was maybe worth mentioning that there's been a bit of a, a reshuffle as well in the management structure of the club so we've seen um well one and um, quite importantly, a new um, director of football, I think is the exact title, sort of sporting director type role. Um, so we've seen a, a, a new chap appointed there, Javier Ribalta. Is it Javier, I think? Ribalta, um, who is Spanish, I believe. Um, yeah. um, although he's worked a lot in Italy. Um, so he's coming in as the sort of taking over the director of football role, which was originally what Longoria was appointed as before he became president. Um, I, I think I'd and read that Longoria rumours that Longoria was really struggling last season in the end, um, juggling the sort of responsibilities of being a president and the sort of sporting 
stuff. So um, and uh, uh, there was reports suggestions that he might even like pack it in. Um, I mean, maybe again take that with a pinch of salt. But so yeah, he looks like he's decided that he does want to bring in some some support. So he's brought in Ribalta. Firstly, um, I don't know if you know anything about him. Uh, he's I think last club was. And who was his last club? Let's just have a look at his transfer market. Um, so he's Spanish actually, and he has um, been around quite a bit to be honest. So he's been previously as a scout, a bit like Longoria. So he's done a lot of scouting uh, in Italy, Milan, Torino, Juventus, Man United, and then he got a sporting director role um, just a few years ago at Zenit, Parma. And then, so he's been at Parma until um, joining OM this summer. So he's kind of had a similar sort of uh, um, journey as Longoria. Um, kind of interesting, actually, like looking at those clubs. I've seen um, some reports saying that he's like the scout that signed Pogba for Juventus and Bruno Fernandes at Novara uh, when he was there at um, an Italian club, small Italian club. So yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've got any thoughts on yeah, him. I don't know. I, I, just, I, don't I always, know, I always are kind of. Those are the kind of positions that are so. I mean, obviously, some, uh, uh, you know, some appointments are better than others. Sometimes the the guy that, you know, just isn't right for the job. And certainly these guys, um, Ribalta and, and Otero, um, seem like the seem like good choices. Um, I just, I always get uh, a bit, yeah, skeptical when it comes to oh the clubs that they've worked for and that stuff because. You know what you were just saying about oh they're the ones who found kind of Pogba and, and Bruno Fernandez. That stuff is so I don't know. It, it's it's never that kind of you you can't really just say oh oh okay so he definitely has a great eye for it. You know maybe he just you know came across the guy and and came across Pogba and you know saw the talent that was clearly there. I don't know. I always wait and see with these guys. I don't want to get too excited. I've been seeing a lot of people say you know all the big clubs that Rivalta has gone through. Uh, Otero has been, you know, academy manager at Valencia, um, which is a, which is by all accounts a, a good, really good plus um, kind of Spanish academy. So I don't know. I just I kind of want to wait and see specifically with with Otero because academy stuff, you never get to see the, you know, uh, reap the rewards until a few years down the line. Um, but I like the uh, I, I like the I like the approach from Longoria. He was kind of taking it all on himself and it really you can see in his eye bags that he was just dying or close to a burnout age what 30 i don't know how he's young he's like 33 so i like that he's delegating a bit more and i like that he has gone for the um the complete revamp um uh you know nasser Larguet did a great job for years with the youth team but you could tell that we need a new kind of philosophy and and certainly we'll talk about them in a second but the the new young players that we're adding to the academy um, or a testament to that. We've moved on from taking, you know, uh, uh, players from not moved on entirely because we did it to Nice last season. We took uh, Ben Seguir and, and um, uh, Nadir, what was it, uh, uh, Bilal Nadir, I think, um, from Nice. But now we're going for European uh, dominance on the academy level. So it's we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think I'm just sorry to mention for listeners I didn't mention. So yeah, the other appointee was a a new sort of um, academy. Well, I don't know what the exact title is, but technical 
director of the academy or something like that, Marco yeah. Otero, which is a who's a Swiss, a Swiss, uh, Swiss Spanish guy who's mm-hmm. been working, I think, in Spain a lot and in Switzerland. But um, so he comes in as well. I think he was at Valencia before. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I but yeah, I, it's good to see that we are looking at hopefully with the intention is, is to improve. Um, the club rather than like replace people that have departed so yeah as long as we're looking to sort of um improve the the club from top to bottom always and 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 look at you know well right from you know from the development of players to to uh, your players to senior players you know i think it's like it's a healthy thing isn't it to 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 be constantly looking at bringing in you know the new people new ideals and stuff like where you can to improve things um yeah. and we're looking further afield than what we would have done in the past under different um you know different om owners uh, presidents even and um, we, where we always were sort of you know everyone that worked there was french you know <laughs> like we wouldn't have like a technical like, you know, I, I, um, well, we had Zubi Zubi Zaretta for no, a while. No, I mean before, like uh, yeah. yeah, even before that. I was meaning so like you wouldn't have someone like leading the academy who, um, who wasn't you know French usually. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's always been kind of quite like sort of in, maybe a little bit insular. It's good to be looking outward and sort of looking at models and people that worked in different countries and stuff and what they can bring as well because potentially a good thing. I mean, not saying it has to be, but it could be a good thing for this club. Um. But yeah, I agree with you. Like the sporting director thing, like yeah, just looking at who someone has signed is probably quite a um, uh, it's it's pro- it's a perception I think a lot of people have of sporting directors, but it's it's very it's a very limited um, yeah. aspect of the job. I think there's much more going on. It's a very kind of um, sort of narrow view about what a sporting director does. So I think you know the the strength of a sporting director is probably going to take into consideration a lot of different factors like you know not signing players but like how they de- implement a football philosophy across the club how they um look and at negotiations and all yes, of that yeah, yeah the there's players, so much exactly, gonna... contracts all that kind of stuff the um even just like the kind of you know working with the you know uh, uh like a academy lead to ensure that you're like got a a structure in place that's appropriate to develop players that can go on and benefit the club rather than just having them there for a reason, for, you know, for no reason, which is kind of what it's been like for us. So there's lots of things for them to be looking at that you could measure success by. Um, yeah, and I think you've really got to look at the state of a club before and after someone's come to kind of know if they've done a good job. But so, yeah, I don't know. Um, I I think on the surface because we don't follow those clubs, all we can do is like look at. Oh, this guy was at Parma. Who who Parma signed in recent years? You know. Yeah, um, it's all we've got to work with. And to be honest, I understand it. It's just even the people who follow those clubs, you know, it's still difficult to to measure the kind of influence of a of one man on an entire. Uh, like we could see Longoria. That's why Longoria is so incredible because you can see a radical shift in between Ero. And Longoria, you can see the different philosophies. When you get to the director of football, as you said, it's more about seeing a fo- football philosophy, and that'll take a few years, I reckon, to, to really get a good idea of, of yeah. you know, what the influence yeah. is. Same with the academy. Choosing um, the right coach, you know, there's another thing that they have to do, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, um, I just you made a good point, by the way, about like the signings. Actually, I just wanted to to mention as well was like you're talking about Pogba and stuff, and I was like, I was listening. I think it was. 
um, Tifo podcast is the from the Athletic. I yeah. think it was the other day I was listening to it. And they were talking about podcast. Pogba, they were saying that like, um, like you know, if there's like, Pogba's like one of those players that like, it's it's not hard to see that the guy is fucking talented. You know, like if, yeah. I think they were saying that like if you know the word baller is pretty much like there to describe. He's like the epitome yeah. of the of a baller you know um he's got all the talent in the world like if you saw him playing in a five-a-side pitch you'd be like fucking hell that guy's amazing is what yeah. they're saying um so yeah i don't know if you can put give a guy too much credit for sport for siding him yeah him, yeah so. to be honest you know a guy who's six four and has silky silky feet and can ping a ball 60 yards like uh, come on like let, let's let's stop joking here but yeah yeah no, a good one. scout will be someone that spot someone that's like Everyone else is like, don't know about that player. Yeah. And then they have actually. Yeah, so the speaking of which, out of the three, so we've added three youth players in one go to the academy. Now the first one is Bartug Elmaz from Turkey, from uh, from Galatasaray, um, who looks pretty good. But then again, you know, all the footage we have of him is on grainy, you know, YouTube videos where the cameras, you know out in the bleachers somewhere and you can't really see what's going on but you can vaguely tell that he's pretty good uh Yelvenek from uh, club brugge as a goalkeeper who seems like again big big boy and then a cameroonian player francois regis mug um i've only seen highlights for bartogelmas i'm i'm not at the point where i watch goalkeeper highlights um especially no. not 18 year old goalkeepers in club brugge but Bartek Elmaz, man, I, uh, 18 years old, I think, 18 or 19. Um, interesting, interesting kind of player. Technical, can ping a free kick. I think he's left-footed, but uh, I might be wrong about that. But um, yeah, I, I like the. Again, this is more of just a. I don't, I don't know the players enough to be able to comment on them specifically. But I like the philosophy. I like that we've decided to go around Europe and try to get players left, right, and center. And I like that, pl- that players from those places want to come to OM. The, the, I think our reputation is slowly changing. Um, I, I think, I think, yeah, I think it's a, it's a positive, it's a positive sign, even if neither of them end up playing for OM, playing one professional game. I think it's a positive sign. Yeah, I guess it just sort of, depends on how good the players actually are like even just as prospects because you say they want to come to them but the other people want them i don't know enough about them i was just thinking about you know like you could bring in like young foreign players it doesn't mean that they're necessarily like you know wonder kids or anything look at we've not seen tongia any any time have we no tongia as we said is is that was just a shady dealing just to kind of get our accounts right but if you take ben segir for example and 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 bilal nadia like from from nice they were furious about that nice were absolutely livid that we'd taken them they were the best two best players in their academy um in in the last kind of few years and it was it was uh, the beginning of the Lagoria philosophy, which is our academy is just not good enough. So I don't know if these guys are going to be any good. And you're right, maybe we were just kind of the only club that wanted them. Um, but it's yeah, we we we're trying to raise the level, uh, make you know more competition amongst the youth because uh, so far, apart from Kamara, we just have not had somebody come up through the ranks and make it in the first team. And I think to be a good Ligue 1 european team 
you need that as a kind of backbone to have players coming through and and you know challenge the 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 incoming stars or potential stars um and i think we were really lacking that we're way behind on lyon for example who have have been at the top now they're not so much at the top but they're stay, still have a lot of talent coming up when we look at our prospects i mean you're right this tongia guy that we just bought but even Marliaki was maybe the closest we got to somebody coming into the first team. But he's, I mean, you know, now he's playing under 19 or under 23 Juventus. Um, so we'll see. You're right. We'll see how good these guys are. But I, I like the uh, I like the mentality. Yeah. OK. Um, so we made our first, well, we announced our first signing, I think, just yesterday. But this one's a bit of a cheat, actually. Um, it's a bit... To call it a, a new signing, I think, is, is probably misleading because we know that we had already signed the player. So that was Samuel Gigo. Um, is that how you say his name? Gigo? Yeah, that was perfect. Yeah. Just um, like the, the stew, um, the, the Gigo Daniel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's lovely. Um, yeah, so I wasn't... Um, I think we, we signed him back in January and uh, he... Um, yeah. Yeah, so he was he spent the last. I, I, he's coming a free transfer, hasn't he? Um, so we knew that this this signing was on it was on the cards. Um, central defender, Spartak Moscow. He's actually from Avignon, I think. Yeah. So he's from South France. He's um, not local, but he's from not far away. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, like he looks a decent player. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at him. I, mean, I, ha- I can't say I've seen him in any actual games. I've just watched him in YouTube clips. He looks classic, okay. He looks solid. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like it's how we have we formulate a yeah. lot of really strong opinions about footballers based on YouTube. I can't can't lie. Just, um, <laughs> <laughs> again, it's all we have to work with. It's like the sporting director thing. It's like, what else can we do? You know, we, we I guess we could ask Russian people and you know what they think about him. That would be interesting. I'm but. pretty sure Longoria um, had only seen Luis Enrique on YouTube. <laughs> I can't. I don't believe they'd actually watched yeah. him play. In, in There's it. no way he saw him play. There's no way. Um, yeah, Not she goes I think in, anything bad about Enrique. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll we'll see about that. We can talk about that in a second. But I think she goes. The only thing that worries me is that kind of he he has that thing that everybody in Marseille loves that I love, which is the the infamous Grinta. Right, he's a fighter. He's a warrior. They call him like the Spartan or whatever. Um, my problem with that is that when you're calling somebody a Spartan or a warrior. It often also means that they're lacking in some pretty crucial, you know, elements like attributes um, and they compensate with this kind of warrior, you know, uh, mentality. Don't get me wrong. I'd much rather have a warrior than not a warrior. But um, I think it was I think it was uh, uh, Payette who was saying who was caught uh, in one of those um, uh, OM videos that they post once in a while when Kolasinac was getting recruited Um he asks Amin Harit, who played with him at Schalke, like, oh, like, is he any good? And Harit says, like, he's a he's a warrior or something along those lines. And Payet says, I don't want a warrior. I want a ball player. Like, I want a guy who's really good. And Harit was like, yeah, he's kind of that, too, which obviously we know is not true. Um, I have a, I have a weird feeling that that Gigo is going to be another one of those alvaro type players that we're gonna love and yeah. then he's just gonna fuck it up at some point and then um and then we're, uh, we'll, we'll all turn on him i don't know he's a local he's local enough 
that I think there'll be some yeah. real love for him if he's any good at all. He's probably, yeah, I think he's right-footed, so I think he's probably going to fill Saliba's shoes, which is going to be impossible, I think, to do. Topping, do you think? Yeah. I, I kind of assumed that he was a Alvaro replacement, actually, back in January, but maybe that's because I didn't. Because then who replaces had, Saliba, yeah. right? Well, at that point, Bolardi I didn't isn't. think Saliba was leaving, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean... We'll, come, just, we'll talk about Saliba, actually, in a bit, actually, at yeah, the departures, yeah, but, um, yeah. but, yeah, I, I assumed that Zico would be... You know, that extra man in the defence because Balerdi was injured and uh, Alvaro was going. I thought maybe they were thinking we'll bring in someone who's a bit experienced. He's not necessarily going to be a starter, but he'll be in the rotation. Um, but maybe the way things have transpired, it's possible that he might be a starting defender then. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon he will be. Uh, I think second signing, though, leading into the another signing at centre-back, we've uh, just completed the signing of Isaac Suleiman Isaac Touré from Le Havre for a total of 7.5, I think is being reported, but it's 5.5 up front and then two as a bonus. Um, Six foot eight or something, 130 kilos. He's basically LeBron James uh, is coming to him. Left footed, I think. Um, Seems pretty smooth from the YouTube highlights. Again, big pinch of salt. Um, But... It's quite exciting. The fact that we were competing for him in a way with the City group um, and the, and that we won that competition. I'm not sure how much of a fight they put up, but because from the reports I was seeing, he was supposed to be, be signing to, for uh, Trois. So it's not like he was signing for Manchester City, but um, kind of kind of excited to see. I mean, he could be another um, Danexel Zagadou from... Uh, from Dortmund, who's a similar type of player, very, very large, but fundamentally clumsy with the feet. Um, yeah, and yeah. the velodrome seems to bring out that clumsiness in, in defenders' feet. So I just want somebody who's actually going to, you know, play the ball in a in a assured uh, way and manner. And I think being that tall, he's. I mean, I, let's look. I, he's genuinely six eight. I think. I'm not. I'm not even. I don't think it's Bloody an hell, exaggeration. It's enormous, isn't it? It's enormous. Two thousand born in two thousand three, and he's like six eight. So I'm not sure how that works from a uh, uh, a physical like standpoint, a, a biological. I, I don't know. Understand how that works, but very excited to see. Very very excited. Yeah, I, I had a look at him as well on YouTube, and yeah, he's um, he's kind of interesting. I, I'm not a big fan of really really tall players normally. Like, I usually think they often have technical deficiencies. Um, I don't like. I, I'm maybe I'm a bit old-fashioned, but I like. I think that tall players often struggle a bit, like with. Um, I, don't, I think like things like balance, um, sort of. They don't have a low sense of gra- gravity. Um, I don't yes, know. I, I, I think they can look low clumsy. Low sense of gravity. That's what it is. It's exactly that. It's the. It's the. Uh, it's quickness as opposed to speed. Because they were talking about how. Chalatatsar was the quick. Remember when they were saying like he won the sprinting competitions at OEM, and then he, you would look at his kind of first two steps or direction changing and stuff like that, and he was just useless. He's gotten better since, but I think you're spot on. I think it's the balance and the, the all that. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's, he's clearly left footed, um, so that always makes a player um, a little bit more attractive for potential buyers um, because I guess there's a scarcity of left-footed players in, in the game, isn't there? Um, and you won't always want that balance in your team. 
Um, yeah, he looks interesting. Like you know, physically, like the the potential with someone who's so big. Um, if they're if they're actually a good footballer too, like the potential um, is just enormous, isn't it? Um, so it all really just comes down to whether or not he is actually that good. Um, and if he is that good, then his physical frame can turn out to be a real bonus, a real weapon for him. But um, it can also, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical. I think we'll just have to wait and see him. And as you said, players like that, um, they can often get found out at a team like OM. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, the last time I remember us having a really big defender was Van Boyten. He was pretty good. Um, he was pretty good, yeah. Although he had a terrible, I think he had a really bad second season or third season, wasn't it, in the end? But um, before he left, but yeah, he was a good player. You know, and he went on to have a good career. Um, I don't know, like, what are the what's the ceiling for this guy? I'm not sure. I'd not, I hadn't heard of him until he was linked to us in the last sort of month or so. So I, I don't watch League I don't know anyone if anyone does. Um, I mean, I don't get access to it in the UK. So, um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, it's good for us to be signing young French players that are, you know, um, supposedly um, rising prospects. I think that's important that we are like looking not just at talent abroad, but we're also looking at who the best young talent coming out of France is. So I think signing anyone who's a French youth international or under under 20, 21 international, I think he was playing at the, um, the Toulon tournament, wasn't he, just the, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, anyone who's playing for the national side um, at the uh, youth levels, I think we want, you know, that's supposedly the best in the country at their age group we should be looking at. So that's a good thing, and it's something that we don't do enough of, I think, over the years, Marseille. We're actually often a little bit slow in picking up um, the best talent coming out of France. So, so yeah, I'm happy about that, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, maybe he won't, he might not even. He might not be someone that they're thinking about for the first team. He might be someone they're just thinking about. Let's bring some youth into the squad. And well, so I think he he's, might... yeah, I think he's too young. He's too old for the youth league team, right? Because he's 2003, and I think the youth league team is now 2004. Um, he might play with the reserves, obviously. But think about left-footed centre back. I mean, we I know we all have differing opinions about Luan Perez. I started the season thinking I, I loved him. I thought he was so silky and so great for two games. Now I'm not so sure. I think I think uh, a dethroning Luan Perez as the starting left-sided centre-back could be an easier feat than, again, depending on if this guy is actually good. Um, it could be easier than we think. Uh, if he was tr- competing with Saliba or... You know any of the other more established guys? I would agree, but I think I think that spot is up for grabs. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you there. I think Luan Perez's spot is there for the taking. He's clearly one of the weaker players in the team. So, um, yeah, I, I guess he doesn't have to be great. Then he just has to be just a little bit better than than Pe- Luan Perez, um, or at least to show a bit more promise than Perez. So, so yeah, so they might, he might, you're right, he might get a chance. Um, but yeah, we'll just wait and see. He could, he could be really interesting. So um, yeah, I'm all, all good. But that's not like we're spending a lot of money. So so yeah, so he's the second summer signing. I don't know if um, we're going to see any more defenders. We've been linked to a lot of defenders over the window, um, and I think that's partly because I, I maybe mean, we'll just touch upon the departures 
um, they're in defence just right now um, because we've seen um, well Kamara who was covering defence sometimes he, he's gone we talked about that in the last podcast Ooh. but um, <laughs> for, uh, William Saliba's also gone so he's returned to Arsenal um, so that obviously is a big loss for us at the back because he was our best defender last season um, doesn't look like he's probably going to come back at the moment because now he, he started no. seeing the kind of things that look like he wants to well he said that he wants to try and prove himself at Arsenal so despite the fact that there is still rumours in the French press that it was are, never going to happen that, that we are going to to, was, to come yeah. back in for him but um, but yeah he doesn't like it doesn't look very likely at the moment um, I don't really know what the basis is of those stories that are coming out um, in France but but yeah, I think um, he genuinely wants to play Champions League I think that's genuine I think, he, I think there are two things we can take from that he genuinely loved his experience at Marseille. Like, had a really, really good time, both on the pitch and off the pitch. And he wants to play Champions League. These are two things that Arsenal can't offer him. So I think, I think that's where the rumors came from, is that he must have told... And the national team, maybe. And the national team. And then, exactly, and the national team. Bang on. Uh, I think those three factors, I think he that must be a well-known thing in his entourage that are kind of talking to the press saying, ah, you know, uh, he really wants to go to Marseille. And I think in a way it's also part of the the bidding war for his what, his value to Arsenal. I think if he's a, if you know, best young defender in the Premier League, in the Premier League, in Ligue 1 last season, uh, essential to Marseille qualifying Champions League. You know, all these things adding to, with, with him saying, I want to stay in Marseille, I think makes him even more of like a, a hot, you know, property and that Arteta is going to be forced to, to really consider him. Um, we'll see how that goes. I've never believed in him staying any longer at, at Marseille from the get-go. Uh, I could see it as a kind of temporary, kind of um, great addition, but very temporary. Um, we'll be interesting to see, though. We're, we're linked to another... So maybe... So you want to... You wanna, let's go through... We'll keep going through the departures. I think there's there's Alvaro. Uh, yeah, he's, exactly. He's yeah, so that's he's another so- defender. He's he 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 hasn't actually gone yet though, has he? But he is on. No. The, I think they're going to resign his contract, aren't they? Yeah. Um, it seems. And then the other one is Chaleta Sam, whether or not he might be sold this summer. So the defence we could find look looking very different this season. Yeah, which which we all know is always dangerous at Marseille. New defence is always takes takes some time to, you know, they need to get to know each other. They kind of in and out. Uh, Alvaro, what do you think, Stefan, about this whole Alvaro thing? I think we've covered it before a bit on the podcast, but it just—it feels like it just came out of nowhere, and the, the 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 point of no return aspect of it is bizarre to me because there are points in the season where you know injuries here and there, and and you felt like Alvaro was never doing that poorly. I I, I know it's a philosophy thing, right? And managers like Sam Pauli like having a philosophy win or lose they played the Sampali way you know that's a thing that, that a lo- among a lot of managers but and I know Alvaro doesn't fit into that philosophy granted but to go to those kind of extents to exclude him from a group that he clearly has a really positive influence on and a team he loves to play for like what are your thoughts on that because I, I still can't wrap my head around it uh, I don't know. I, I've always thought that he was a, a short-term fix. I, I didn't think he was a player that we'd be trying to that we that we would have in our long-term plans. Um, he's okay. He's a good solid defender. He's nothing. He's not. He's far from from elite level though. Um, 
but he can do the job. But I think that I'm guessing this there's probably something not sporting related. Maybe he's quite a strong character, isn't he? I don't know. Maybe he's said or done something that's um, ruffled some feathers. I, 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 that's all I can really think of is that perhaps he's pissed off the coach or the sporting director or, or there's yeah, fair enough. some yeah. maybe his influence isn't as positive as we think it is. I don't know. Um, I mean, he had the whole, there was the whole kind of scandal, non-scandal thing with the with Neymar, but I guess that was kind of put, sort of put to bed, wasn't it? I mean, maybe maybe he's done other things. Or I'm not saying he was guilty of the Neymar thing. I don't really know, um, but um, I don't know. Maybe there's other things he's done or said that have been controversial behind the scenes or something. Maybe. Yeah. No, I think there's no re- yeah, reason to freeze on. him out completely. Is there? Yeah. I think um, bang on. There's another one on his way out, Luis Enrique, who we, I, I, I wish, man, I really wish that he'd been good. I, not saying I ever believed in him, but I believe, I, I just, I don't know. I like the, I like, I like the kid. I think I like, yeah, I like how, too. I like his attitude. I like his, you know, uh, willingness to kind of come on the bench and play left wing back or right wing or left wing or kind of anywhere we ask him to. Uh, I, I like how strong and powerful he is. Although, you know, I think that's an overrated um, attribute as a as a winger. I think agility is much more important and pure speed. But it's looking like we're trying to ship him to Torino for six million euros. That's the those are the kind of numbers that are being thrown around. And um, Ribalta and Longoria are in Italy right now, or at least were until yesterday. Uh, negotiating with Torino for 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 Luis Enrique. Again, these are all reports. I think if we can get six million for him, which I don't think we will, uh, that would be an incredible business. I think he hasn't shown anything that would warrant anything more than six million. We got him for eight, so it would be bad business from a purely accounting standpoint. But it would be good business considering that we've watched him for a year and a half. I don't know what you think, Steph. I know you've always liked him. Uh, I think just from a pure football perspective, he hasn't scored a single league on goal, despite having plenty of opportunities to do so. He's provided some assists, but I mean, you know, nothing, nothing really consequential, like nothing really good. So if we can chip him off, I think Nantes are now in the race as well, um, but they will just get him on a loan, I reckon. I would not, I don't think they'll spend six million on him. But yeah, what do you think, Stefan? Uh, I'm very a bit disappointed to see him leave. I know he's had a really, really, really bad season. Um, it's kind of just a been. He's just it's, it's not even been a season. It's just not. He's done nothing. He's, it's it's just it's just not happened for him. Um, he, I thought he was pretty. I actually thought he showed some good promise the first season in, in the second half. Um, and was showed the potential well, that he could be decisive in some games and I think that he definitely has some quality um so yeah I, I wanted to be excited I was I was I excited about him? I don't know I wanted to be excited about him kind of like you said I wanted to believe that he could be this sort of rough diamond um that we could polish um, I'm just talking rubbish now. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get what but you mean. Though. He's. I, I think I'd just be disappointed to see him leave because I, it feels like we've sort of given up on 
him succeeding at OM and I fear that if we do give up on him and sell him at a loss that we might regret it especially a club like Torino who I think actually do quite a good job of, of bringing in like you know talented players and making them good players you know there's been a few players I think that have gone through Torino in the last 10 years that have done pretty well um, I, think, I think they're quite a smartly run club in that sense so I feel like if he's going to Torino then and they're seeing something in him, then I think there probably is something there. Um, and that sure. makes me a bit worried. But, I mean, they're not, Torino aren't like, they're not like, they're uh, not Atalanta like or something. You're right, um, exactly. But they, I think they do a decent job of um, spotting some, of spotting and developing players. So and I, it's not yeah. like he's going to like, I don't know, some like bottom the table Portuguese club sure. or something like yeah 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 no I think people see bad. promise people see him in a, a promising way um I think that that it's a, it's a good point that you know you don't want him to leave and then and then kind of flourish uh, in another place that's always a bit of it leaves you with a bit of a, a bitter feeling and I know like Chelsea fans for example with all the De Bruyne and Salah and all that stuff they still kind of are bitter about it but one thing we forget about those things is the moment that they were sold, those kind of players that went on to be superstars, the, the, it didn't make any sense for the club to keep them because it would have stunted the, the, that player's growth anyway. And it's not like they were going to get more minutes considering the current team. And I think it's – I'm not saying we have the best wingers ever. We don't even really have left wingers apart from our boy Nemanja Radoncic coming back. Um, oh, and I guess and, and I guess uh, Conrad De La Fuente is coming back too. Um so I'm not saying that that's the position that we're most kind of comfortable with, but considering that we don't really play with a left winger anyway, we kind of play with sometimes Jerson's out there, sometimes Payet's out there. Like, uh, you know, I, I think I, I, I agree that it would be a shame to see him, to, to let go of him for, for a, a loss. So six mil and then see him do quite well. Uh, it's one of it's going to be one of those classic ones where he scores a goal in his debut for Torino, and we'll go ah fucking of course. But I think you can't hold these players back for too long because the worst case scenario is we hold on to him until his contract expires. We try to get him minutes. He never picks up any sort of rhythm, and then we just spent eight million on a on a bench warmer, you know. So maybe getting the value that we could get out of him now, considering that. Longoria is probably going to recruit. We'll talk about it in a second, but some exciting wingers and um, the competition will be even worse um, than it is currently. Um, I think just set him free. I'd love to. I you know what? I actually I would love to see him do not too well, but well at Torino. Um, just do good, but just not too good. Not yeah. too good. Yeah, a couple goals <laughs> here and there. See him smiling. See you know have have feel like he's 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 doing okay. Um, but not obviously not too well. Um, he's an interesting one. Let's 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 talk about the people coming back. Um, so Radoncic, uh, I, I heard you say, "Oh God, I agree." Oh God. Although his YouTube highlights, if you look at his YouTube highlights, he's he's up there with Ronaldo. He's the YouTube highlight king um, when he plays well, which is obviously once in a blue moon. Uh, he, never, he never actually plays well, though. He does maybe like one thing yes, in a game. Good point. Yeah, it, he's it, the it, most brainless, low IQ footballer we have in the club, and that's saying something. Um, yeah. So you're not too pleased with that? 
No, I, I don't think he's actually a player that would succeed really at any level. I actually think he he'll get the same Radonich whether he's playing for I don't know like Partick Thistle and or if anyone doesn't know Partick Thistle or the Scottish team <laughs> um, or you know I don't know fucking elite side or you know or, or a Chelsea or something. I think you get the same thing with him, a player that does not do very much at all, doesn't contribute in the game, but might score a couple of crackers in a season. I don't I, I which I think he's capable of doing that kind of stuff against anyone, but I think his overall like game is very limited. Is you know he doesn't have a good football and brain. He's he's tactically not very useful. He's yeah, he, he doesn't doesn't press well, he doesn't doesn't link up well. I, yeah, I just think I, I think there's questions about his possibly about his attitude as well maybe um on the pitch he's just yeah. doesn't he seems a bit lazy and stuff I, I just think it's not about him necessarily his his level i think it's just him <laughs> you, he, you get that whatever level he plays at he is the reason that i would be a terrible scout in football because if i'd seen him play under 17s in in a, a serbian uh you know suburb on a on a sunday morning and I'd seen him sprint past four players and then chop another one and then kick the ball into the stands, I would have thought, okay, that guy has a lot of potential. I just, I'm going to take him and work on those aspects of the game. He's got the physical attributes that I want. He doesn't necessarily have the mental ones, but I can train that into him, right? And so I think he's the reason, he's that kind of the player that would, that really kind of cements the idea that I would have been a terrible football scout because he's the kind of guy I would have gone for and thought I could work with this guy. I could just, you know, I'll, I'll, what you were saying, the diamond in the rough that you kind of polish. Um, I think I would have, I would have been fooled by a guy like Radonich. Um, he's the kind yeah. of player that you, is good at a video game, you know. Yeah, yeah, sprints around on the wing and then just, you know, he plays. Because yeah, on a video game, you can play simple, and that's something he doesn't know how to do. He never plays simple. He always goes for the 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 you know cracking goal or the cracking skill that everybody's going to go nuts about. But yeah, no, forget him. Forget him. I don't know what we'll do with him, but we'll just ship him off. Um, Strutman. Strootman he's, coming back? He's not, he's not staying either, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, but who's going to take him? He's got no knees. He can't run. We're basically shipping a, a you know, a, a, a medical patient like around. Like he's, he's, he's Hellas Verone, I think, are linked with him. But what are they going to do with him? I, I, just, I don't He'll know. He'll go back but, to Italy, I think. And if not, I could see him going back to the Netherlands. But I uh, think he's just yeah. going to keep decreasing the level of the clubs he's playing at because he's clearly not. The player yeah. he once was. Um, we're gonna pay his salary still. Probably, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of a lose lose. Uh, Jordan Amavi. I think it doesn't seem like he's got a very good relationship with the coach, no. does it? So yeah. I think he's not gonna stick around either. Um, it's a shame that one, right? Because he re-signed. He wasn't too sure about his place in the team, and then I think somebody at the club said, "No, no, 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 you're gonna play." And so he re-signed, and now he's kind of tied to us for a bit. But is clearly not at all the kind of player that Sampali wants. Now, what Kolasinac... He's not a bad player. He's not bad. He's not bad. I mean, what Kolasinac adds compared to him, is Kolasinac a much better player than... Definitely not. Like, I don't think, think so. 
I think um, he's a bit of proving class in that. But I don't think either too. of them are really what we need. I think Amavi yeah. is like okay to have in your squad for a, as a backup. But I think like he's not got a future now as the first choice left back. Not under this this te- this team this this coach. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's the writing's on the wall for him. I think he'll be going. He'll he'll be leaving. Probably go to maybe another league and club. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I could see that, but probably not Nice because that didn't go well as as well. So his his stock is is dropping um, by the day. Then there's another interesting one. You remember when we signed this Spanish kid from Real Madrid, Pedro Ruiz, this like six foot four striker, and then shipped him off to I think it's a low first division, probably high second division um, Dutch team. I kind of followed this kid while he was out on loan. Um, I think his name is Pedro Ruiz Delgado, and he. There were reports coming out that he's now coming back to the club, even though it was a two-year loan. He wants to come back to the club and prove himself to Sampali, which I think is hilarious because he's six foot four and not very good at football. And, <laughs> oh, and so he's everything that Sampali hates, right? Low effort, uh, you know, low technicality, tall striker, like everything Sampali hates. So I, f- I like the enthusiasm. Uh, we'll see how that goes for him. I, I don't, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a good. I don't think Spain ever produces any good strikers anymore. So no, um, the Maratas and Fernando Torres. Yeah. Is, yeah, Torres looked like he was going. He was a great player for a little bit, but yeah, I don't think mm. he was actually like. You, I remember. So we're going off the topic here, but I think people were comparing him with like Shevchenko and stuff like that when yeah, he joined Liverpool, yeah. like that kind of level. But he go? wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah. So I think for the, I don't know if you have any other uh, returning players from loans. I, I might have forgotten. Nah, I can't think of any other. Probably because none of them are going to stay. Are going to um, stay? Yeah, they're all going to get shipped I out. I think and, yeah. just before we wrap up, because we're we're just at the hour mark. There's, I think we need to mention the fact that there is about a billion players being linked to us. Oh um, yeah, let's um, quick fire them. I, I'm so, down to quick fire, and then we can we can say a word about kind of. Each of them, right? Right. Okay. Is so, that, so we we'll, go for that. So, firstly, yeah. Firstly, shows the Vitzel, Axel Vitzel. Yeah. He was supposed to be joining us. Then he was going to Atletico. Now he's not yeah. going to Atletico. I think because they can't register him. But he yeah. I think it'll. He'll still go. I think he'll still. They just have to wait. But it's funny because I think I, from what I heard, one of the reasons is that we were kind of blocked by DNCG stuff. Um. As in, we weren't too sure, and so Vitzel wasn't too sure, and then now he's gone to it. Well, he's going to Atletico, but then they're not too sure. So I don't know. It's a funny one. We'll see where he goes. But yeah, shame because I think he would have been a good replacement for Kamara. Yeah, yeah, got experience and yeah. um, intelligence, leadership. Yeah. yeah, I made a video I think on him as well for the YouTube channel and oh, another player. You really believed you really believed he was coming. Well, oh, everyone said that day he was yeah. coming. So I was like, all right, I go and got a video, and then he yeah. never came. The next day, it was like Atletico Madrid, typical. Oh. Um, and 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 I also made a video about Pjanic, who was the other player, um, yeah. who was also supposedly close to signing to us. I, I think that one's gone quiet. I think. Yeah, no, I think it came out that uh, I think uh, Fabrizio Romano. Speaking of which, I think this is a good point to make towards the end is. Uh, uh, Fabrizio Romano. So, for those you don't know, is is you know the number one kind of uh, football journalist. Um, he's clearly in direct contact with Longoria. I think Longoria has understood that that's a good way to get people talking about OM. Um, 
And these kind of journalists have that where they are in direct contact with clubs, um, get people talking. Uh, it's a it's a common tactic to kind of uh, raise the interest of players or, you know, uh, kind of see what what the take the kind of pulse of of uh, of the of football world to see how things are going. So they're clearly in direct contact because Fabrizio has gone from tweeting about us once every six months to every other day. He's saying but some stuff that nobody's interested except for us, you know, are links, you know, linked to Pjanic. He, did, he made a whole tweet saying the link to Pjanic was not true. And everybody in the comments was like, okay, that makes my day interesting in what way? Like it, you know, and he's been talking about, I'll just quick fire them. And we, you can go through them one by one, but he talked about Nuno Tavares from Arsenal. Uh, I think another mistake, but I think we discussed it internally and we think that it might be, a, a bit less of a uh, uh, of a risk um, because he's. I, I mean, the pressure of the Premier League. But yeah, no, I, I think he's terrible. Game, but just I've watched him loads because I'm also uh, like Ben, uh, an Arsenal fan. I've watched him loads, and he, I, I detest his play. Um, he's so he's Radonich, but at left back, like he's running around. Uh, we called him the Tasmanian Devil at the beginning because he was just like, Meh. but um, he no, not like I don't like him. Brian Heal, love that guy. I don't think we're going to get him. Who? Uh, Brian, oh, Brian Heal, Brian Gill. Um, yeah, played, played for Sevilla. I watched him. He was actually, I was talking to my brother about this. He was one of the first players I noticed post-COVID when football started again. And the only leagues that were playing were Bundesliga and the Spanish League. And I remember a Sunday afternoon watching Leganes, where he was on loan, play against some other Spanish club. And two things happened that day. One, I had an existential crisis because I thought, why am I watching Leganes against Ibar? But the second thing that happened is I thought, who the fuck is that guy who's running around like Leo Messi? Now, obviously, since then, he's gone to Tottenham and been a bit shit. Um, But but for Marseille standards, a really, really technical winger like that could be interesting. Yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. Like, he was a big talent wasn't he but yeah. I don't know, like, is that the kind of play that uh, Sam Pali plays he's like a pure winger isn't he um I don't know um true, I just true. when you said Brian Hill I thought you were talking about some sort of 80s English football player or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brian Hill yeah from <laughs> yeah Scottish footballer Brian Hill um yeah who else there's uh Longley thank god that didn't happen I think he's going to Tottenham now which the Arsenal fan yeah. in me is thrilled with that because he's useless in my opinion i don't know I'm, i might be I think, harsh on i him. think he i always i've always berated him every time he, i see him for france or barcelona i don't think he's at the level for either of those clubs but i actually think at om he'd probably be like one of the best defenders in the league i think we, di- we discussed this right if you've never seen him play well whether it's for barcelona or france like what what kind of evidence do we have to say that he'll play well for us? You know what I'm saying? We, obviously, the competition is 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 bigger, but the teams with France, the teams he's playing against, that he's playing badly against, i.e. Switzerland. I, I don't know. I guess it is a better than Switzerland is a better team. Would be a better team than most league young teams. But you know what I'm saying? When you haven't seen a player play well for years, sure, the level around him of players of Barcelona and France make his lack of ability more apparent, but it still remains that he's, I mean, I haven't seen him play well. He's ball playing and he's, you know, great, but actual defending. Do you, does that make sense? 
Yeah, yeah, he's quite slow, isn't he? And he makes a lot of mistakes. And yeah, there's lots of flaws in his game. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Like the level he's playing at is like, I don't know how he got there, but I don't know. Like we are, we are away, aren't we? We're not Barcelona. We're not Barcelona. Yeah. Then there's Facundo Medina from Lens. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Interesting one. Don't think it'll happen, but but interesting. Uh, He's Argentinian. I'm up for signing all the Argentinians. I'm, yeah. I'm up for that. Yep. Up for that. Yep. Uh, I, like, I like I like Argentinians. <laughs> yeah. I, I like. I, 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 it sounds stupid, but like I, I joke about this a lot in like our uh, UK fan group. Um, I just like I like those the play. I've always liked Argentinian football players, but uh, I don't know. I just like the way they play football. There's something, and a lot of them have got that grinta as well. Mm. Um, so a bit of a mixture of like you know technical brilliance, but. Uh, yeah, just yeah. Fighting. no, and and Medina's that we we, and... we watched him a bit with Lance. Like he's a he's pretty good, a bit headless, like a lot of the Argentinian players are. But that's what we love about them, as you were saying, the Grinta, the he tattoos. He might with San Pauli as well. He can play like in the back three yeah. as a left centre back, and he can also play as a left back. True. So he can do the Luan Perez role. Yeah. Maybe. Only problem is I'm seeing uh ten to fifteen million as being the number thrown around, and we're I don't think we're gonna spend that on him unless Sampali says he's the guy for those exact reasons. He left center back and a left wing back. Um, then there's Cloyvert, Cloyvert on loan from Roma. So there's rumors tonight that he's gonna be he could sign in the coming days actually. So I that one is a strong possibility apparently. I heard it here first or second. Like Cloyvert might. Come. I, I haven't checked Twitter for a couple hours, so that's probably yeah maybe. I th- well, who knows? Also, it's, I love signing players who have destroyed us in years prior because that takes one more player off the field that could have you know could destroy us. That game with Nice where he just I mean he tore us a new one. Pardon the expression. But, um, I so love what's to have... the deal with him though? He's if he's he's got talent, but what's the deal with him? Because he's, he's, he's one of those classic. Yeah, he's one of those classic wingers. Is he has moments of of brilliance, but I think wingers are like they're like wide receivers in American football. They're clearly super talented and quick, and and have moments of brilliance. But the the real talent is in consistency and uh uh you know knowing when to put your head down and put in more of a defensive shift, for example. And I think wingers are so as a as a kid in academies. Good wingers are so impressive because they're the ones with all the technical ability who just rinse players. Um, that when they get to the professional level, and all of a sudden you're t- you're talking to me about coming back on defense and respecting my position and challenging and passing. Oh, I just want to go and you know rinse a couple players. And Cloyvert, I feel like is is part of that. Um, is cut from the same cloth that those kind of guys and the the really good ones the. The kind of uh, Aryan Robbins, I don't know why he, I thought of him, but they managed to kind of excel in more ways than just the one-on-one uh, stuff. And I think Cloyvert's one of those where in a big, big club, uh, I'm not saying Rome is a big, big club, but it's a pretty big club, uh, you get quickly frustrated with players like that if the talent level isn't through the roof. And I think his talent level, I think he's good. He just doesn't necessarily have the work rate. Uh, and the consistency of a good player. That's at least from what I've from what I've seen. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, we'll, well, see. we'll see. And the, uh, there's maybe one or two other players we can quickly mention. Sorry, before we go. Um, so one of them is the Dutch defender midfielder 
Yeah. 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 I think he was a quite a big prospect when he was at Ajax when the Germany fought and sort Mm. of ended up playing for a semi decent Dutch team. I don't know. Maybe he looks like a Kamara replacement if he joins, like in terms of what position he plays. Don't know about his quality. Looks all right, but. Yeah, I'm kind of worried about that kind of signing, though, because if it's a Kamara replacement and the reason Witzel would have been a good replacement is that the the Isaac Toure signings, those are very clearly like youth building the youth like great. But we need Champions League guys now. Exactly. I'm interested to see what uh, uh, Pablo is cooking up, because a lot of these names that we're linked to, uh, some of them are Champions League ready guys. Some of them are not. Um uh, we threw, we saw, we saw uh, Bazor, we saw Muriel was thrown around, but that's not going to happen. Uh, Solabzlai, I keep, I never know how to say his name, the Hungarian guy. Um, oh, God, that was that's a, so unrealistic. Though. Yeah, but that was a funny tweet from uh, Fabrizio that kind of cemented uh, the idea that him and him and uh, Longoria are in direct contact all the time. Is he said, uh, Solabzlai, uh, OM are interested. Of course, <laughs> because who, you know, who wouldn't be at, at our level or it wasn't interested. It was they appreciate him or they like him, uh, comma, of course. Um, I thought that was a funny comment. Anyway, we're not going to get him either. But we need to start looking at some. Um, uh, I think that kind of leads perfectly into our final tiny segment of who do we want out of this uh, transfer window? And I'd say the, the two targets are more youth and experience Champions League. But who would you go for, Stefan, if you would? Um, depends on what kind of mood I'm in. So like, sometimes I'll like think of like a bunch of players that are all like, I don't know, Argentinian or Spanish or something. <laughs> and then I'm like, and then other times I'll be thinking of a team that's like kind of, I don't know, French or something. I don't know. It depends what kind of, what I'm thinking. But I, based on who's available, uh what yeah, position? First of all, what position would you, would oh, you think? We, I think we probably need. Uh, I mean, we maybe need another winger, um, someone who can play on the left but can also maybe challenge indoor as well. But yeah, I, I think probably actually the most the, the position of most need is probably a, a, a long term replacement for Payet, actually, which mm, we might um, not be prioritising. But we don't really know what he's going to be like next season. I don't think there's anyone really on the market with the kind of money that we've got. I do quite fancy, we mentioned him in the last podcast, but I don't think he's very realistic, and he's, I think he's renewing anyways, uh, Thomas Lumar. Um, mm. But, uh, who yeah. do I want? So I don't, I, I, do you know who yeah. I think we saying? I think we should, I think we need a new left back, um, or some or like someone who can play maybe left back, left centre back. I think uh, Talia Fico, is that Italia Fico? Oh, wow, yeah, but that's oh, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's like Barca. Nah, I don't think so. I don't think anyone's. Anyone no, he was linked to. He was linked to. He was linked to Man U and Barca, I think. Yeah, but none of them were taking it because he fell. He's fallen out of favor with Ajax. I think he's realistic. I don't. I don't know. I. I. I yeah, I think we could. I think we could maybe do it. Um, I mean, his wages are probably quite high for us to be able to attract him. We'd have to offer him a good salary. But I think he would be. Um, someone maybe I'd be looking at um, but I think we probably need another central defender I'm not convinced going into the season with Gigo and Turi and Balerdi and Choleta Sar whether he stays or not so probably someone else uh, I would have I don't know I mean Longley might have worked but 
I think uh, there's yeah. I know <laughs> yeah. maybe I know people are gonna like bash me for saying this because I know he's not very well very highly rated by some people and he's always injured. Uh is uh Bay Man United. But again is, it's he's a free big. isn't he isn't he free? I don't think is he is. I just can't. I'm thinking like we've got. I know these are all big names, so it's kind of not very like realistic. Or, hey, this is what this podcast is for, so that we can say <laughs> silly, silly names. It's just that, like we're going into the Champions League, and you need to have players that are um, proven, I guess, at a higher level. Uh, so I think oh, I can't think of anyone. Oh, I do like Tadebo. I think at Nice, I think he's fantastic. I think he would be the um, a great addition to the defence, particularly with Saliba gone. I actually think he's, my view is probably potentially a better player than Saliba. I think he's certainly better on the ball. No way. He's definitely better on the ball. Like he's blasphemy, blasphemy. Come on, man, you're an Arsenal fan. That's why you're reacting like. But no, look at what like there's a reason why someone like Barcelona picked him up and not Saliba at the time. He's but the ball on the ground, his feet. He's a, he is a, a, a superior player. I know no, Saliba is really good in the build up and stuff, but like I think Saliba is um, he does a lot of things that are um, I don't like. I, I mean I'm not bashing him now that he's just because he's late left us. He's a great defender. He's the best we've had in a few years. But he does a lot of things like he lets the ball run past him and puts himself into difficult situations and things. And he relies on his like you know physical. Um, Superiority yeah, a lot, yeah. but I think to Debo, I think technically is a better footballer, and I think so. What my point is, I think that he could be better for this OM team. I think he, I know although Saliba has his stats show that in the build up he's been really good, but um, I think to Debo to me looks like a more appropriate player for the way that we play. So yeah, I, I would I would I would take him if we could afford him or in these would sell him, but they're not yeah. going to do that. I'm not going to lie, I would if uh, to just to finish it off, I would go. I don't have a specific name in mind, but I'm looking at all the good Champions League teams, and one thing that they kind of all have in common is the centre back pairings are often one experienced and one young young ish really good talent um sometimes you know liverpool is an exception i guess because both but you know both of the well no actually in the champions league they played van dyke experienced and konate young and talented uh um i don't know um, i'm now obviously forgetting all the examples but um Chelsea, Thiago Silva, and and whoever else was playing Rudiger and 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 Christensen. Anyway, so and I think that's we are lacking a boss at the back, um, considering that Alvaro is left. So I would want to go for a proven, uh, slightly older Champions League, uh, or or at least European competition proven guy. Even though those are often the center backs that I, I don't hate. I just I just I I, I have a tough time really loving them. So like thinking of you know Villarreal had Albiol who's who's like 85 years old um and yet he put in a real shift for them so I'm thinking of like a Savage from Atletico those kind of guys guys that you know just a big bruiser though yeah but you know he's he's there and he's kind of a he's a leader of men and he's a I think we're gonna lack I think with Buba Kamara leaving we're gonna lack a leader in the midfield defensive sector because Ganduzi is. We we love Ganduzi to the death. He's not a leader. He's a pesky, uh, enthusiastic, 
great guy to have on the team. I love him, but he's not a leader of men. When things get tough, he whines. He whines and whines and whines. We need a real kind of leader of men in the middle, either center back or at CDM. Um, and I don't know exactly who, but we, we I think we need one. Yeah, yeah, no, you're probably right. Okay, um, shall we wrap it up then yeah. today? It was a long yeah. podcast. Um, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's surprising because um, we thought there wasn't going to be enough to talk about. <laughs> some of us, uh, yeah. So yeah, that was fun. Um, I think probably by the next time we podcast, we'll have more signings. Um, Knock it on seems like, Yeah, but I, 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 I have faith. It seems like it's going that way. So yeah, I'm plenty to talk about in the summer. I think we'll have a few of these episodes throughout the summer um just catching up and especially as the pre-season starts and i should mention actually before we go is mm. that the club have announced the pre-season tour and they are coming to the uk so that's a uh, um good news to some of our listeners that are in the uk are you going are you going to any of them like probably yeah so there's a game at middlesbrough yeah against middlesbrough and then there's a game in chesterfield which is against real betis i think yeah so they're having a couple of weeks time they're both I think some people are a bit frustrated about the locations of the games and just in terms of getting there. Um, I think the Middlesbrough game's easier for me. I'll probably go to that. Also because it's on a Friday night rather than a Wednesday night. Um, That'll be fun. That'll be so great. yeah, it, it looks like there is plans to um, from for the the UK group to to organise. Uh, yeah. Yeah, any UK listeners, go. Go yeah, to the yeah, game. It's, just, it's rare that OM would come to... Actually, we came a, a couple of years ago to... I think we played Charlton Athletic and lost or something. I can't remember what that... Or maybe not Charlton, but... We, we yeah. went to the... Um, we played Stoke and under Yeah, we the last time. <laughs> um, Yeah, so I think... Yeah, just hit on Twitter, UK of Marseille is the the name of the fan club. Um, it's run by Ben, actually, who on the po- who does the podcast. Um so he he's the, the the president as as we all like to call him. Um, yeah. So yeah, just hit, I guess hit him up on Twitter and he he'll be sharing the details. I think of when there's sort of plans in place for fans to go to those games. So yeah, so that's kind of exciting for the summer. Uh, and yeah, I think we'll we'll wrap it up there anyway. Um, good to chat to you, Lewis. Thanks everyone for listening and check out our YouTube channel. I'm going to put some more content on it. Uh, soon have been quiet the last couple of weeks but yeah trying to get some videos out there regularly at least once a week um yeah and we'll see you all in the next podcast see ya bye